0: Kids Podcast, a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Chase Now We are full-blown into this incarnation of Scooby-Doo, you know, the Scooby-Doo show slash the Dynamite Hour, and I have to say that I really love it. I think I already highlighted it in past episodes that I basically have little to no experience with most or all of the Scooby-Doo shows between Scooby-Doo Where Are You and A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. So, it's nice that these are episodes so far that are just as fun and dare I say good as the original where are you and, and the new scooby Doo movies and everything that I've loved as you know since I was a kid. I will be excited actually to go back and watch these when I don't have to take notes through them i I could do a thing where I watch it and then I go back and skim through and and fill out my notes, but I just wouldn't get any, anything done i wouldn't I would want to watch more than one episode. And then I wouldn't feel like jotting down a script. So I will revisit them one day free of interrupting myself. Now this episode, What a what a Shocking Ghost, is also a landmark as it is one of the villains brought to life in the live action movie from uh, 2004, maybe 2003, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Uh, it's the 10,000 volt ghost. That's where I first was introduced to it. Uh, it's also the only the one that I only recognized from the intro to the DVDs of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, Season Three, which, as I covered, I think a couple times already, is the intro for this show. But it was used for like the the home re-release of Where Are You, Season Three. So between Monsters Unleashed and uh, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, I was introduced to several really cool classic Scooby villains in a backwards sort of way. It's also worth noting that this is the famous, air quotes around that, episode in which Dinomutt crosses over with Scooby-Doo. Okay, so we start off in some sort of, uh, wow, you know what? (laughs) I don't know why I put that in my notes because Dinomutt is not in this episode. I think I, I was... I'm confusing it with another one I've got going. Okay, so this is not the air quotes famous episode in which Dynamite crashes over, so cancel that. But anyways, so we start off in some sort of snowy mountains. Uh, the thousand, the 10000 volt ghost, all orange and uh, supposedly electric, walks into what looks like a lodge. I mean, I'd say the architecture is more like doctor's office or business plaza, but we know the budget and the effort on a lot of these episodes is super low. And I just don't have any context right now. Uh, within the walls surrounding this building, there's also what looks like to be an, uh, an, an electric park. You know, uh, the, the ugly things you see in like a few parts of your, your home city. All metal, tall, not allowed to go into them. Due to possible and probable death. I don't know if Electrical Park is the correct word, so I'm trying half sarcastically to describe it. But anyways, the ghost goes in, it, it melts the lock on the gate, and it enters the property ominously. Then we catch up with the gang. The gang is driving around the mountains in just the worst way. The heater is out with the temperature down to negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit outside, and they are dangerously low on gas. Daphne- <coughs> Sorry, I got caught up there. Daphne says the wind- the windy, icy roads make her wonder why anyone comes out to ski up here, and I wonder why they bothered if they weren't going to have the car serviced in Cookville or even fill up on gas before you literally trudge up a mountain. So I guess we're all in confu- we are all Confucius, Daphne. Uh, developing minds allow us to do the stupidest things, man. One time when my parents were dropping dropping me off at college, uh, driving from, uh, Las Orem, uh, from Las Vegas to Orum, from Las Vegas to Orm, Utah. In the winter, our windshield wiper fluid was just filled with water by the technician at a at our, our dealership because they figured we'd be in Vegas for a while. So they didn't put windshield wiper fluid, which, you know, doesn't freeze when when it gets cold. Well, as fa- I mean, as fast, you know. So as we drove up through a snowstorm, icy roads, wind blowing, snow falling the whole way, we had to keep pulling over and throwing snow on the windshield, which would then clear the frost for uh, a very, very short while, and so we had to keep doing that. It was dangerous and angry. And seeing this episode and hearing the gang's failure to fill up on gas before they d- drove up the side of my mountain made me think of that. Anyways, they see a sign for Herbie's Hamburger's place in the town of Winterhaven. I like that name a lot, Winterhaven. Great. There's going to be gas and hamburgers, then more gas, I'm assuming, right? Right? The gang makes it to Winterhaven but the whole town is a ghost town. Most places are empty and out of business, Then the town has no electricity. With the gas station closed, the gang has to either hike to another gas stop or sleep in the car. Now Shaggy's right to question both options because I am pretty sure that they are probably both going to be fatal for the gang. Luckily, they do see a light on in the ski lodge, which is not the building that I was talking about before with the 10,000-volt ghost. It's a completely different building. Uh, They approach, approach and when they knock, a rather scary masked figure opens the door. Now, the gang pretty much loses it before a normal-looking white guy just pulls off the mask. It's the mayor, Mayor Dudley. He says that the 10,000-volt ghost caused the blackout. His apologies don't quite make up for the extreme cold, but the gang is just being polite. You know, he says, I'm sorry for for no electricity and whatnot, but, yeah. What's that gonna do, buddy? Short story, anyway. A violent, about the 10,000 volt ghost's origin, uh, a violent winter storm knocked out the power. Chief electrician, Bolton, was supposed to reactivate the high-tension wire. Now listen, listen. Snowstorm, extreme cold, high-voltage electricity, an electrician climbing the electrical tower without any harness and alone, all adds up, very easily to a ghost uh in the lodge's electrical room while he's up on on the tower a sudden a sudden surge overloaded the circuit breakers which blew out all the transformers they went sprinting to go check on check on boltner but he appeared to be completely literally obliterated like that's like that's like their guess the you know they he, he said they ran out and they didn't see a sign of him anywhere i don't think they thought he was missing they thought he was like like snap like gone so shortly after his disappearance his 10,000 volt ghost showed up and scared everyone away now this is a crazy tale of revenge and fraud and i love it so far honestly you don't get a lot of obliteration in Scooby Doo also we are all certified electricians after this episode i swear listen if you can watch this episode listen to the terms he uses you'll sound like a, you'll you'll sound like an electrician if you use these in conversation trust me uh so the gang does need to spend the night plus they're out of gas and they're good at solving mysteries so they they figure it's why not stay the night. Uh they find a uh the path um uh, the the path towards the from the first scene of the show the the icy trail the the ghost the melted lock it was from the prologue if you will. And uh it's it's at the um it leads into the power plant. That's <laughs> That's what it's called. I called it an electrical park earlier. Although I do like my term better, but it's the power plant. So they all go into the interior of the plant and they find, and they find, what do they find? Mr. Collins, the plant owner. Mentioned previously in the mayor's story about how the ghost was created, it was the mayor and Mr. Collins in the in the plant room while the electrician, Bolton, was up on the tower. Now Collins is angry that Scooby-Doo tackled him. Uh, which is, hey, once again, Scooby actually showed his bravery without scooby Dumb being there. So Scooby can be brave. He just doesn't like to. Um, But uh, Collins is angry that Scooby attacked him, and he's he's also on edge because the ghost continually blows out new generators. He keeps fixing and and getting new generators, and just every single time, once again, just guaranteed the 10,000 volt ghost causes it to blow out. And, And now he's mad that the gang is even in his space, so the dog, the generators, the gang, and his space, his social bubble is really showing. And Collins seems over-the-top angry right now, but I am willing, excuse me, to bet that he's a really nice guy under less pressing circumstances. Or, he's the ghost. There's no gray area here, my friends. Collins leaves, so the gang splits up to look for clues. Scooby and Shaggy pair up and inevitably find the ghost well it finds them now it attempts to accost Shaggy because Scooby and Shaggy are walking around that they're they're talking about how I think they're talking about how they always find the ghost they don't want to or they're looking for food and they keep like turning corners or something or passing by like machinery or, or something in the background and the ghost will will pop out behind there and try to grab them, but they don't even realize it so it does attempt to accost Shaggy but luckily uh, they are blissfully ignorant. And while they're doing that, Scooby finds a cafeteria. And I I wouldn't – they call it a cafeteria. I guess it is a cafeteria, I guess, by definition. But I would say the the easier way to put it is more like a break room. So they bust in and they attempt to steal the employees' hamburgers that that were being saved in the freezer. I mean, I guess the employees – all I think they actually quit, according to the mayor. Or maybe – but I don't know if they actually quit or if they're just not working because there's no power and there's no people. So, either way, I think the Shaggy and Scooby are stealing people's food. So, luckily, the ghost catches up and stops them from doing so. That's one good thing from the ghost. Thank you, Mr. Ghost. Our two friends, our two thieving friends, run into the older kids while they're running away from the the ghost. And now, for once... Everyone sees the ghost, like, first try. Normally, like, nine times out of ten, Shaggy and Scooby run up saying, we just saw a ghost, we just saw an eight man or something. And the gang's like, calm down, you guys suck, they don't exist, no way, pal. But this time, everyone sees it, and the ghost chases them all. But the gang, uh, so after validating Shaggy and Scooby, which is nice, doesn't always happen, the gang makes a, a really quick and good getaway. Very solid, short chase scene. It just... Bam! they really tricked that ghost really easily. But um, So the ghost runs by. They drop down from their hiding spot. And they find some sunflower seeds on the ground where the ghost was running. Daphne says that she saw a pet shop on the edge of town. Easy detail to miss in their situation. So good job, Daphne. Fred sends Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy to check that out. And then he takes Daphne to search Mr. Volt's former house. Because he was probably most likely obliterated. Shag, Scoob, and Velma take a rather wild ride down the road in a, a snowmobile. They go crashing into the pet store. I figured it was like a, a straight pet supply store only. Much to my dismay, though, it is filled with caged animals. Monkeys, cats, dogs, etc. There's birds, and then etc. Uh, the kid's entrance sets all the animals off, and it's absolute chaos. There's, there's sound coming from every corner of the room until Velma harnesses Mother Earth's power and yells, Quiet! Which immediately quells every single animal. Now I'm jealous because my dog will ignore me to lick herself into oblivion. They find some sunflower seeds here as well, uh, which would make sense because you're in a pet store. But it's the same sunflower seeds as in the other room in the the uh, the electrical the the plant. So it's it's a, a another clue. Yeah. Um. They there's also a parrot there that does a great imitation of the ghost, which scares Shaggy and Scooby. The ghost makes the weirdest noises. I wish I like wrote it down or something or tried to imitate it. I, I don't want to pull it up and do it now, but it, it, if if you're actually watching this episode, I think you'll agree that th- this the ghost makes the weirdest like groans and and it's just I don't know. It, it's not it's not scary. It's not spooky. It's just weird. But how um, Shaggy thinks they can convince it the parrot to give up information on the ghosts? It's it's probably witnessed some of the behind the scenes activity here. And now let's ignore how parrots actually work for a moment and focus on you know for this moment on how I think that nearly every animal in there would be not okay. I mean the temperatures in all the buildings is at like like negative like 30 with no heat now. I think they said at one point in the episode they said neg- negative 20 before and then they said it was colder outside, but I mean, I guess the mayor's probably feeding them and whatnot, but that it just—it doesn't seem like a good situation to have such such animals. Any most animals, maybe a polar bear or something. But anyway, Velma, the gang, <laughs> the three of them, like circle the parrot and they interrogate it, and it's funny. Uh, Shaggy sucks at it, but Velma gets the parrot to give her a hint to the mystery, it gives her a little little riddle puzzle. Uh, Forwards, rubber suit tunnel closet. So in the store's closet they find a wetsuit, rubber suit, so there's closet and there's rubber and suit. And Scooby tries to take it out of the closet for a better look, and he accidentally reveals the secret tunnel in the back of the closet. Boom, mystery solved. Well, that mystery, the forward mystery. The trio enters and then a mysterious hand slams a door shut behind them. And I just gotta say, imagine how cold they all are. They're in like a like a straight, earthy, like ice cave. Ugh. So Fred and Daphne, at the same time, are having a look around Volt's deserted lodge. Daphne attempts to fix her hair. I mean, I could only imagine the humidity and the cold air wrecking it. Uh, And finds a note behind the mirror. It reads, whereas running south, westerly parcels, 27, 28, 43, 44, 45. The letter's incomplete. Classic Scooby stuff right there. Random incomplete, like ripped up letter the trio in the tunnel contemplates their possible impending doom before they decide to go further down the tunnel and look for an exit. They find a ladder that does lead them back up to the power plant. I can't remember power plant. I keep thinking electrical park. They all go back to Mayor Dudley's office, so those three and then Fred and Daphne all all uh, meet up at the the mayor's office to present their findings. Joining them for some reason, yet to be determined as I wrote the sentence, is Mr. Collins. I would like to point out that Fred speaks and his eyes are just so black and beady and then he blinks far too much for a human being for a few moments. So, uh, Fred's definitely on his twist right now. Uh, Mr. Collins offers to check the real estate records tomorrow for info about the ripped note that Daphne found. So he grabs a note and says that, and then Fred snatches it back from Collins and says, we're going to go check it out right this instant. So I think Fred is maybe just a little excited. He does seem to be uh, – his mind seems to be elsewhere with the his eyes and the blinking, but I think Mr. Collins might actually be a big, fat phony. So they go to the, li- to the library or whatever, the Hall of Records. I'm not sure what this town keeps. Both probably – And just as Velma finds the literature they need, the 10,000-volt ghost shows up. How Mm, predictable. Uh, He chases the gang a bit, but Shaggy and Scooby juke him out, and everyone escapes. Now with the records in hand, they go to the power plant to trap the ghost. Uh, It's a complicated setup, but with a nice wrinkle. Velma and Daphne are the bait. And to me, I mean, what a random, wild switch-up. I mean, this is—I I think this is—I'm pretty sure this is absolute foreign territory here. We had Velma and Scooby once in the original Scooby-Doo. Where are you? But uh, it's Velma and Daphne, and they're really good bait, though. Shaggy and Scooby do prove to be clumsy either way. As, as uh, so Velma and Daphne lead the ghost down the hill. Oh no no no! Okay, so Velma and Daphne lead the ghost into the trap. Shaggy and Scooby fall in the trap, and they get and they kind of ruin the trap. And then the ghost starts to chase them down a hill. But he falls and rolls and starts uh, snowballing. You know how they do that in cartoons where you're rolling downhill and you turn to a big snowball. And the three take that journey the hard way. They take the journey the hard way, but they do make it to the sheriff's office, who I didn't even know was in town. I guess he just happened to. Be. I mean, I guess he should be, but whatever. The 10,000-volt ghost uh, has, um, uh, I must say, when they take off the, the uh, like, the, the el- turn on oh okay so the, the snow melts that the snowball that the ghost was in the snow melts and like the the electricity like the the voltage is like gone like the orange part is gone and it's just like the a wetsuit like they saw in the closet and i just for some reason they drew the the figure of that character in the wetsuit just really really feminine until they do a quick until they cut to the the next the next angle i think it's just a closer up shot and they reveal voltner who faked his own obliteration the mayor poorly feigns surprise at the reveal, only for the gang to expose that he and Voltner's real estate scheme was was the, the, the case behind the ghost. Classic Scooby stuff right there. Well, that about wraps it up for this one, though. I thought it was another great episode. Scooby-Doo does not get old, man. It's all, it's all good and all fun. I love it. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Dave Ceste for the use of his, for the use of his song "Night Surfing." Uh, stay groovy and remember, I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kid.